Hello, I'm Victoria. And I'm Johnny. Welcome to Tasty Pages. A podcast for people who love cookbooks, food, and cooking. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook from our popular Cooking the Books Instagram page. We'll also discuss the dishes that we made and rank the book in a variety of categories. Including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. The conversation is always unscripted, unedited, and uncensored. Spoiler alert, Victoria likes to swear. (laughs) All of this takes place in our living room in the heart of Minneapolis. Oh yeah, we also have a featured show topic with contributions from our listeners, and we end each episode with a lame food-related joke. Usually very lame. Hey now. (laughs) Join Join us for for Tasty Tasty Pages. This week's featured cookbook is... Let's Do Dinner by Anthony Porowski. Hey, Johnny. Hey, Victoria. <laughs> you know what time it is? Uh, podcast time? Martini time. It is. It's martini time. See, this is what I. This is why I, I'm married to her because I'm treated to all these impromptu songs that you just make up. Oh, I made that one years ago. Oh, it's a hit. It's <laughs> it's, it's one of your classic songs around our house you, at you least. Pulled out of the archives. <laughs> Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books, episode 53. Can I hit them with some uh housekeeping stuff, do you think? Why not? Okay. If you go to uh our website, What we is up books. with your announcer voice? I don't know. <laughs> you got like a radio DJ voice. Hey, tune in, kids. Weather's up at the top of the hour. Okay, yeah, let's not do that. Traffic's Please. mild. No. Uh, okay. I, m- I might have missed my calling. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, if you go to our website, wecookbooks.com, click on the store tab. It will direct you to our Amazon.com affiliate page. We've got a few lists there, including kitchen essentials for home cooks. One entitled Cookbooks and a new category, Fun Food Finds, featuring the best original products that we love and use on a regular basis in our own kitchen. If you make a purchase from any of those lists, you'll get something cool. We'll get a few pennies from Amazon. Best of all, it will not cost you anything more. And it's a great way that you can uh, support what we're doing here. Right? Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as we mentioned at the top of the hour, we're drinking martinis on this Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He caught me mid-chew. I was eating a blue cheese stuffed olive. Oh, see, I just got like the shitty olives. It's because there were only three blue oh, cheese left and I'm selfish. You're not sharing the blue no. cheese love. That's okay. I'll, I'll go the traditional route. Uh, let's talk about what we just finished up. Finally. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just finished uh, Zoe's Gone a Kitchen by Zoe and. Adanjanya. There you go. Um, and then we also finished up uh, Malibu Farm Sunrise to Sunset by Helene Henderson. Yeah, both great books. Yes, and it feels like we've been working on them forever. But I mean, we, we have like gotten takeout and yeah. whatnot. So we're, we're still easing into our new place here in Minneapolis. And, yeah. Uh, we decided to work from a couple cookbooks at once, which is kind of what we're doing uh, coming up here this, this next week. Yeah. Uh, Want to share with the class what we're starting? Yes. We are going to be. Uh, do you have it written down? I do not. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll jump in. Okay. <laughs> I, I I frantically. We, we I'm just, like, wait, this, where is it this, on the notes? This was here? like last minute decision making, and, and we just <laughs> just we just made our final 
final choices here uh, this afternoon. So uh, we're going to do All Together, which is basically Cravings 3 by Chrissy Teigen. And yes, it's Teigen. We've even watched her say how to pronounce it. Yep, we're going to we're going to start a new uh, campaign to get Chrissy's name finally pronounced correctly right. I know everyone the popular pronunciation is Tegan, Tegan. which is yep. incorrect people. You've been saying it wrong all these years. Mm-hmm. It's Tegan. Uh and then we're going to do and, that, and that's actually the first Chrissy Tegan book that we've done. We we featured her mother's cookbook, mm-hmm. uh Pepper Tie. Did you know um, that her mom has a show on Discovery Plus? I'm not surprised. Yeah, I saw a little promo for it while I was on the while I was at the gym today. She's, she's great. Mm-hmm. Power power family. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is the first book of hers. You know, she, we've had her other two previous books in our, you know, on our to-do list for quite some time. They're still there. Yeah. <laughs> and this one showed up and we finally decided, what the heck? Yep. Got to do it. Um, so we were doing that and then we're also doing That Sounds So Good by Carla Lolly Music of uh, Bon Appetit fame. And uh, this is her second cookbook. So that's going to be a good one as well because we wanted to check out that first one and just never got our grubby paws on it. Man, we're sh- we, we were all about like the going to check it out, intending to check it uh, out, d- 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 didn't get around to you, it. You know, it's the story of our life. We sound so lazy and unmotivated. No, it's, <laughs> it, I think it's more just, you know, things come out, especially if they come out in the fall and yeah. the market is just flooded with books and then all of a sudden... We have, you know, dozens of cookbooks for consideration and, you know, either we didn't get them at all or we did get them and we just never got around to cooking from them. Yeah. So no apologies. Yeah. Who else features a cookbook every week? No one. I don't know. That's who. Maybe someone does and we don't know about it. Nope. Okay. (laughs) Oh, and there's there's a third honorable mention book that we're going to start and this will, this will take place over a few weeks, but yes, uh, this is life is what you bake it. By Valerie Lomas, I'm so excited for yeah. it. Yeah, so you'll probably doing a, you'll be doing a lot of the heavy lifting for that. I might do like a thing or two from mm-hmm. it, but uh, per usual, like this uh, Nadia Bakes book that we just finished featuring on our feed, we'll probably spread it out over a few weeks. Well, I don't know. I think I might like get right in there and do it so that I have time to do holiday baking because I sat down and like tried to come up with the list of stuff that I wanted to make. Who do you expect to eat this plethora of baked goods that you'll be cranking out? Uh, <laughs> giving it away? There you go. I'm sure there are plenty of people who would like there to eat the baked goods. There will be plenty of uh, welcome recipients of that. And there's always the freezer too. So you got your cookie list? Uh, you narrowing it down? I'm narrowing it down. Anything you care to share? Uh, I know for sure I'm going to do some cake truffles. Uh, I know I want to do... Some almond ginger Florentines. Any chocolate covered ants? No chocolate covered oh. ants. Um, People are going to be so disappointed. I'm going to do some sort of uh, lemon lavender type thing. I can't decide if I want to do like a butter cookie or a shortbread. Um, okay. Let's see. What else? I'm, I'm, I'm feeling all those choices. Uh, I feel like I should do a molasses. I would love to do a snickerdoodle. Okay, Snickerdoodles classic. are my favorite cookie ever in the whole world. Um, and then for Johnny's birthday, I made him a uh, chocolate bourbon cake. It was awesome. And so I think I might do like little mini loaves of those 
of that cake to give away. Oh, I don't think you'll be giving any away. <laughs> I'll you'll, bake extra. You'll, you'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'll have like chocolate bourbon cookie crumbs <laughs> all co- over myself. I'll come out and you'll be like in the kitchen. Like, sleep eating. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what happened. I'm so glad I don't sleep eat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Is that a common thing? It happens. Yeah, sure. I think people are just making excuses. <laughs> Uh, Before we jump into our show topic, uh, maybe talk about a recent visit that we made to a local place here in Minneapolis. Uh, It was called Keg and Case Market in St. Paul. Mm -hmm. Little little, uh, day trip, a day date that we took over there. And it's not unlike the place that's down on the main floor of the building we live in here in Minneapolis. It's kind of a, a market place with a bunch of different vendors Food um, stalls, yeah. Kind there of like was a, a brewery, yeah. Up coffee on top shop as well. Yep. Um, so, so this is becoming like all the rage, you know. You know, because we, even in Chicago, there were a number of places. There was a timeout market. There's Italy. There's all these places like that. And um, I just find it fascinating that those are becoming increasingly popular all around. But like the modern like mall that you know we all kind of grew up and were familiar with is kind of like dying a slow death it's like an elevated mall food court yeah with basically really fucking good food yeah um yeah but i mean this one they had a, a we we went in there they had a, a place called r&r cultivation which was like a a mushroom uh purveyor and they've got you know like an in-house uh, I don't even know what you'd call it, like a like a cultivation tower where they grow all these different varieties. Well, of their mushrooms. their actual warehouse is their actual grow warehouse is in Roseville. Okay, and I have a good idea of where exactly it is because I think I used to do gymnastics over in that area of warehouses. Kind of like an industrial mm-hmm. area, and it always smelled like. Um, it always smelled like a uh, maple syrup, which grossed me out, and it makes me think of sticky little kids. There you go. Because <laughs> we would we would have the loading dock door open. I don't know that the mushroom warehouse probably smells much better, but uh, no, probably not. But yeah, I was I was kind of impressed with the variety of mushrooms that they offered, and I know I was looking on their website, and they have uh, free local delivery. Uh-huh. They have like a CSA box subscription that you can sign up for. They also had like an imperfect. Imperfect box, you know, yeah. uh, which was very affordably priced. And Those pink oyster mushrooms, yes. man. Oh, but they were sold out. So we're, we're going to do some investigating. We might have to have a few of these delivered for when we know we're going to have some mushroom dishes. Indeed. Uh, but yeah, uh, check it out if you're in the Minneapolis area because that was that was fun. Um, Actually, it wasn't in St. Paul. It was it was in St. Paul, but yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like if you're okay. in, if you find yourself in the Minneapolis in the Twin Cities, there you go. Region. Give, you should give. Give the uh, St. Paul some some shared love. Yes. Um, all right. Should we talk about the show topic? No. Let's talk about dinner. Oh yeah. <laughs> Most importantly, how did I mess this up? I don't know. All right. Hit me with what's for dinner. We're having goat tacos. So this is leftover goat and vegetable kebabs that we had from the Zoe's Ghana Kitchen cookbook, and if we're being honest, it probably wasn't our favorite dish from the book. Um, I think we both decided that goat is just not our jam. It 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 tiptoes into that. There's gamey and then there's really gamey, and it like 
tiptoes into that really gamey. Goat's got plenty of game. <laughs> hey, that goat's got game. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, we're not. I'll still eat it. Yeah, it was um, edible. And so what we're going to do is take up these leftover chunks that were on skewers and cut them up a little smaller. You're going to braise them. Braise them in a little bit of chipotle and chicken broth. And then we're mostly just using like ingredients that we already had on hand. So mm-hmm. we're going to put them on some tortillas. and Some black beans. Yeah. Maybe whip up a little bit of... Uh, Guacamole. Guacamole. And you know, it'll, it'll be a great little leftover dish. Yep. Pantry um, meal. Yeah. Um, all right. Show topic? Yes. All right. Let's, let's do, do it. it. Uh, favorite dish to cook for others. I thought this kind of tied in nicely with, with this uh, book we'll be discussing, Let's Do Dinner by Anthony, or Anthony, I'm sorry, uh, Porowski, um, because it's all about kind of like cooking for others, sharing meals, entertaining. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of curious to ask what people uh, cook for others when they were, when they were doing so. Um, and we got a lot of good submissions. Mm-hmm. You want to start with the first one? Uh, sure. Joseph P. said paella, um, which I can totally see. Yep. I know he's talked multiple times about making paella. Yes. Um, and also bucatini alla pesto. Both solid choices that yes. I would not uh, turn my nose up if I was invited over. Uh, Charlene J. said, I love to make desserts. If it's a fancy dinner, I'll make a chocolate hazelnut tort. If it's casual, I'll make brownies. And if I really want to delight someone, I'll make some homemade marshmallows. And uh, Did you just say marshmallow? Yeah. Isn't that? Well, because Mar- it's like M-A-L-L-O-W-S. Marshmallow. Oh. I thought it was always marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> either way i'm not eating them i'm yeah. not a fan i'm not a fan but that's very nice i'm not of her a fan of marshmallows sure, either yeah i'm sure that it's a that's a big uh big process no no they're, no they're not oh you make a meringue oh and then yeah no who knew but i mean but homemade marshmallows are very fancy yes i think like I mean, you could, could you imagine someone being like, here's dessert and, and, and like handing you a bag of like the, the stay puffed marshmallows. Enjoy. <laughs> bon appetit. There you go. All right. Next submission. <laughs> uh, Mimi M says chocolate chip cookies or popcorn on the stove, never microwave. Know, you know man. what is Popcorn fun- in the microwave is pretty delicious. Well, no, you know what is funny is that um, when we used to do our fire pits, our friend Missy would always bring over a stovetop uh, popcorn with mm-hmm. some kind of delicious spice. And I-, I think there's something very special about making popcorn on the stovetop. Well, it's the difference between being thoughtful and just being lazy. Yeah. <laughs> However, or, when it's when it's like eleven at night and you want a snack, yes, I, of course, I'm like down for the microwave popcorn. Absolutely. Um, and then we got some submissions online. Uh, I eats says uh, pasta, perfect. Mm-hmm. That's a nice, easy thing that you can scale to the amount of people you're you're feeding. Yep. And usually it's fairly simple, and you can. There's like so many different variations that you can make. Yes. Um, Jay's in the kitchen said beef bourguignon. Classic. Yes. Um, Shelly KVD said sheet pan roast chicken thighs with any vegetable combo. 
That sounds delightful mm-hmm. and really low maintenance and mm-hmm. quick and you're not stuck in the kitchen the whole time. Absolutely. Uh, Maxwell Gregory 2018 said banana bread. That's a very thoughtful presentation. I, to I someone. love banana bread. Yeah. And it's not something that I ever make for myself. Um, at clean eating foodist says cake. Cake is always welcome. No one's going to turn their nose up a cake. Right. Although I may scrape the frosting off of it. Depending on what kind of frosting it is. <laughs> if it's not cream cheese frosting, it's going in the, the frosting is going in the, on the side of the plate or yep. in the garbage <laughs> or on my napkin very discreetly. There you go. Uh, kitchen bookshelf uh, said, if I really love someone, I will have made Julia Child's beef burgundy at least once. And uh, in parentheses, she said, beef bourguignon, if we're being fancy. Yep. We are being fancy. Yep. Uh, no cheater recipes allowed. If we're counting baking, I love making bread for people. Bringing bread of any kind to someone's house is akin to being a flower delivery person. Everyone is always happy to see you. Agreed. Unless it's a funeral. <laughs> then they might not be happy to see you. <laughs> then you probably don't want to bring bread. No. Uh, and then at my love and spoonful said bread. Another vote for bread. Mm-hmm. Homemade bread is always welcome. Mm-hmm. What do you have? Um, okay, here's the thing. I love cooking it. I don't like eating it. Um, mussels. And the way I do it, it's... You make uh, a mean mussel dish. The broth. Yes. I mean, I will, I will like sop up the broth and everything. It's shallot, garlic, and verjus. Or you can substitute like white wine, and it has to be thinly sliced on the mandolin. You, if you, you can. Oh, that means our uh, laundry is done, yes. or our house is on fire. <laughs> Stay tuned to find out. Oh, everything in our house has like these aggressively loud and bossy timers. Yeah, the stove which seem to beep several times before they stop. Yep, stove, microwave, washer, dryer. Smoke alarm. So, Pesky smoke alarm. Wasn't Always it the CO2? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Our CO2, <laughs> our CO2 alarm died at like 2.30 in the morning. That was a pleasant way to wake up. And it's like chirping five times. Yeah. Um, Back to mussels. Yes. Oh. <laughs> oh, so but this is like a white wine based broth. Yes. As opposed to like some people will do it in like a tomato red red uh, sauce i feel most people do a white wine okay. i think you're thinking of clam chowder okay um but you absolutely cannot do it you cannot cut up the shallots and the garlic in the food processor it has to be done on a mandolin because i remember one day i was making it for someone we were having dinner party and you did it in the uh I asked you to get it started and you did it in the food processor wah, wah. and it, it all turned purple. Yeah. So we had to like, you, you don't think purple broth would be appealing? Mm-hmm. No, nope, not dish? in the least oh. bit. So it was, it was, I, was, I thought I invented a new thing. So we chucked <laughs> it and started over, but the broth is so good and it's, you know, like that, that little concoction gets simmered for a long time and then, once you cook the mussels, it gets finished with a heap of butter and some parsley. Nice. So good. And also, I think I generally just like giving people baked goods. You, which though, you do a lot of. Even though I'm like n- not a baker. 
But at this point, I think I, I need say, to you, stop saying yeah, that. Yeah, you need to I, stop a, being an apologist yeah, because, I, because you bake yeah. a lot yeah, and do. you're good at it. So, so there you go. Yeah. What did you say? Oh, wait, hold on. I also like doing the Broncos stew. Oh, yeah. But that's we a can't, good one. We can't do that anymore since we don't have our smoker. Yes. What Broncos stew is, it's basically um, smoked pork shoulder, pork, pulled pork, and uh, it's the stew that's got... Um, butternut squash in it and red peppers and onions and it's uh really smoky and spicy and, and delicious low and slow low and slow yeah fills up the house with delicious aromas mm-hmm. okay so I, I i admittedly i do not cook for others often uh, we used to be part of a dinner club where we'd you know choose different dishes to make and stuff, and that was kind of just based on whatever the particular theme was or something. So that that was kind of all over the place, and I enjoyed doing it and sharing it, but I didn't have like any kind of signature go-to dish. Mm-hmm. But I think my choices fall more in the realm of like uh, I used to brew beer at a pretty mm-hmm. furious pace and I was you know when I really dove into it and got into it I was making like probably a batch a week and so I always had beer and I couldn't possibly drink it as quickly as I was making it and so I would give away beer to our neighbors and friends and that was always appreciated like I mean who doesn't love like fresh homemade beer um dog treats which yes. I usually make and give to our dog owning friends for Christmas um and those are always appreciated and then I guess like uh, I'll do some baking, like different breads or something, and occasionally I'll share those with people if I don't greedily eat them all myself, which often happens. Okay, here's the thing: is you make a mean loaf, like a white loaf bread. Yeah, like that sounded weird. White loaf bread. <laughs> white bread loaf. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you're saying, but it's so good. It often doesn't get given out to people though because i can we eat I, it yeah i can freeze it and oh, yeah. use it for for future dishes um but i i did recall um if 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 we're feeding a crowd i generally go with something that can obviously be prepared in advance so you're not stuck in the kitchen um if you're going to someone's house it's nice to have it be portable and something that will transform uh, transport, I should say, <laughs> transform, transform into something, something else, uh, <laughs> transport, um, easily. So I wouldn't make a seafood dish and then like get in the car and drive over to someone's house. That wouldn't be good eats. I mean, stranger things, people have like tried to do shrimp cocktail at those dinner parties, yes. which ugh. doesn't turn out well. No. Um, but I did recall a particular like, salad dish that we brought over to someone's potluck and it was like a a summer like backyard party and it had uh like roasted peppers some salami in it so it was kind of like this nice side salad that people could enjoy with whatever was being thrown on the grill or something but it was also kind of unique i know exactly what salad you're talking and i think it had like some mozzarella or something in it it had mozzarella it had some cherry tomatoes yeah, the salami component was kind of interesting to me. And so it was just something a little bit more unique than just a typical like vegetable mozzarella mm-hmm. salad that you throw together. It was a little bit more hot, hearty. It was yes. like an antipasti. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so um, that came to mind, like something like that. Like that's that would probably be my go-to is like throw something like that together. Or we've done like these roasted corn salads before. Like just something that oh, you know. Oh, he loves a good roasted corn oh, succotash. Yes. Don't get me started. Seriously. 
but yeah, I mean, it's something that you can throw in a bowl and it can like sit out and you know. Oh, you know what else we? You know what else we always tend to make? Uh, What's that? For like dinner parties and stuff, is that um, asparagus salad with uh, parmesan and it's, red onion? Yes. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Never mind me. I'm just eating my boring old plain <laughs> olives over here. His plain old olive. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, that that was great, and uh, thanks for everyone that that submitted those. Um, I I was gonna say that you know on occasion when we lived in our place in Chicago, I would like smoke and grill stuff and maybe have people over, but uh, I don't think we shared our our creations too much. With the smoked stuff. There was one. T- oh, there was that one dinner. It, w- it was like, it was the blowjob in the pantry dinner party. <laughs> You'll have to go back in a previous episode and <laughs> hear about that. Um, but we had, you had made like a bunch of smoked shit, like yeah. sausages and, yep. and it was lovingly shared with everyone. Yes. How could people not like that? Yes. Um, all right. Well, let's jump into Anthony's book here. Um, we previously featured his first book, Anthony in the Kitchen, and we loved his take on classic dishes that had little sophisticated spins on them. Um, this book kind of continues where that one left off with an emphasis on easy preparation and clean, healthy f- flavors. Um and I I know in the beginning of the book he kind of talks about his philosophy on I guess like meal planning or eating mm-hmm. throughout the week. And he was talking about like how he'll begin the week with uh, like meat free dishes on Mondays and Tuesdays and then get something a little more hearty, like a pasta dish on a Wednesday. And then on, you know, toward the end of the week is when he leans, leans into the more heavier fare. Mm-hmm. And then weekends are kind of like all Ooh, bets are off yep. comfort food. You know, so I, that's I, absolutely a great philosophy to have. Yeah, everything too. in moderation, and yep. I think that's and I think that's a, a great way to uh, to eat. Um, yeah, so go ahead and uh, talk about the dishes we made, and then we'll dive into a little bit more detail, and then we'll rank them, and then we'll get the hell out of here and eat our goat tacos. Okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, so we did scallops with burst cherry tomatoes, uh, chili roasted winter squash. Vietnamese chicken and rice noodle salad, pork chop radicchio and apple salad with a Dijon vinaigrette, lamb burgers with cilantro chutney, uh, miso noodle soup with mushrooms, peas, and greens, and sheet pan chicken with rosemary and grapes. That's a lot of stuff. It was a lot of stuff. Needless to say, we enjoyed this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's start with the scallops with burst cherry tomatoes. You're you're the you're the queen of scallops. I love scallops. I could cook the. I could like. I could be like falling down drunk and still be able to cook a scallop. You want to test that theory? <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, yeah, one of the restaurants that I worked at had scallops on the menu, so I've cooked thousands of them. I like to call them sea nugs. Sea nugs. <laughs> that. Cracks me up. I mean, this is a pretty simple dish. It was super simple. We changed the uh, process a little bit just for we knew we had to photograph these and stuff. Yeah. And, and and it's it's served with rice and corn and uh, burst cherry tomatoes. We started with the tomatoes first. Okay. And we added the corn in with the tomatoes. Right. 
to give it a little bit of color. Yes. And then we cooked our scallops. And we were smart about it this time because we got extra scallops. Oh, boo-hoo, we have to eat more scallops. And so we just cooked like three of them, got our shot, and then I went back and cooked more and we chomped on the the photo scallops. Because you don't want to eat room temperature scallops. No. And um, uh, and even while these were resting and we photographed them, then by the time we finished our photographs, we got to like kind of eat those while mm-hmm. you were cooking the remaining ones. It worked out perfect. Yep. And it, it was super delicious. Good planning on your part. I know. I'm, I'm, I can be smart sometimes. You have your moments. I'm smart all the time, actually. <laughs> you want to talk chili roasted winter squash? Yes. With this... lentils, lime, and arugula. Oh, it's funny because I think I didn't, did I, when I was doing the bullet point, I don't think I listed all the ingredients. That's okay. <laughs> keep, keep, keep people wanting more. Right. So this one was actually my favorite. Mine too, I think. Yeah. Although I wish we, I wish we would have like done like baby greens instead of like the baby arugula. Yeah. I'm so tired of baby arugula. We're going to have some tonight too. (laughs) Speaking of which. I'm so tired of it. Is it just like the stem thing? Yes. Yeah. They always have those long stems on there that aren't really like my jam. No. I get you. And they're like hard to plate and they're unwieldy, I feel like. Um, anyway, uh, this one was to me, like it felt like the change of the season because, uh, you know, you've got the greens and the zingy cheese, which is kind of like the end of summer. And then you've got your squash, which is like nice and heavily spiced. My favorite part of the dish too. And you've got, yeah. It gets roasted until it's just so like soft and sweet and it had like the chili on there. So it was got some heat to it. Um, It was great. Yeah. Well, you uh, roast, uh, the the squash gets uh, tossed in this like chili Chili wahichadu. <laughs> I'm talking. Is that a culinary school technical term? It doesn't concern you. Okay. <laughs> it's it's beyond your scope. Uh, of. Yeah. <laughs> and we used uh, kabucha squash, um, and that gets roasted with uh, red onions. Um, and uh, for the lentils, I did a little bit different. It just said to cook them in water, and I threw a couple cloves of garlic in there along with some thyme. And cook those up, um, yeah. And the it had a dressing of like lime, olive oil, little toasted pepitas, little toasted pepitas for some crunch. Yeah, it was delicious. It was. I think our house is on fire now. Officially, <laughs> no. I think you just forgot to turn off the sound on your phone. It's my Russian bride. She's here. Ooh. Ooh, she just can arrived. I meet, can I meet her, please? Oh, you can meet her at the wedding. <laughs> um, all right. So let's talk Vietnamese chicken and rice noodle salad. Let's do it. This was a good one. Now, we were so excited because our local Asian grocer, shout out to United Noodles, Yay. had fresh rice noodles. Unfortunately, <laughs> we fucked up the process of making them and we we boiled them and rather than just pouring boiling water in them i I think we just like weren't even thinking we're like oh we're gonna cook these like regular noodles we 
dumped them in boiling water. They turned into a big gummy mass. It was serious. It was seriously like there was a, no salvaging. It was like a three-inch pile of like sticky goo. Yeah. It was probably the most unappetizing thing ever. It was am- I was amazed by how horrible it was. And totally our fault. No, yeah. no fault to the recipe. Uh fortunately, we had some udon noodles on hand and we pivoted and made those and they were the perfect substitute. I don't even think in the companion photo that we took it that, doesn't look any different. No. You can't tell. No. Uh, so thankfully, our emergency frozen pizza remained in the freezer. We didn't have to pull it out. Um, yeah. So this also had rotisserie chicken, thinly sliced cabbage, some roasted peanuts and cucumbers. Um, Lots shall- of accessories. Yeah. Shallots, jalapeno. Oh, I love, I love your Lizzo check. Yep. Um, scallions. And then a nice mix of herbs. And I think we use mint, basil, and cilantro. Um, and the dressing was really simple. It was fish sauce, lime juice, garlic, and brown sugar. And I always appreciate a dressing that doesn't have oil in it. Yes. Because I have a weird thing about dressings. And I thought the ratios were good. Yes. Because sometimes it's a little heavy on the fish sauce. Mm-hmm. And this was good. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk pork chop, radicchio, and apple salad with Dijon vinaigrette. You remember that uh, Brady Bunch episode where Peter said pork chops and applesauce? Pork chops and applesauce. I think he might have started this whole craze. Yeah, I don't... He was ahead of his time. Sure. Well, at any rate, pork chops and applesauce are like a BFF. Mm-hmm. And so this is kind of a riff on, you know, creating those classic flavors, pork chops and apple. Sure. <laughs> so the recipe actually calls for like thin pork chops, but both of us have a uh, PTSD from eating like paper thin, way overcooked uh, pork chops in yep. our childhood. Still haven't recovered. It's like eating, like trying to cut into sawdust. Doesn't work. Well, and if given the choice, when we go to our local butcher and they've got like these gorgeous, like bone in thick cut pork chops, mm-hmm. sorry, but they're going to win out every time. Yeah. So we got a nice, we got a couple of nice thick pork chops. We sous vide them and then just gave them a nice hard sear. Yeah. And it should be noted the recipe does not call for them to be like sous vide cooked, obviously, no. because it's the thin pork chops. But well, that's and just it, our I, method. He, that he chose, he stated that he chose the thin ones because they cook quickly. Right. So, right. but you know, we had time, so yep. there we go. And then uh how do you feel about the radicchio? We did not use radicchio. We well, number one, when we went to the store, they were out. Yep. So, we and we had a bunch of purple cabbage left. Yep. So, we used that. You can't even tell in the photo. No. Um and, uh, I know you're not a big fan of the radicchio. I, I am not. Um Let's see. And also, there was some endive in there. It's and, funny that I'm fine with endive. I've, I've, it's, all this kale that we had on oh, hand. <laughs> at some point, we had like four bunches of kale in our fridge. Yes. Because we had like purple kale and we had uh, caldonero, which is the black kale. Well, yeah. Um, anyway. How'd you, how'd you feel about the Dijon vinaigrette? I liked the Dijon. Dijon. <laughs> <laughs> that's my job um the vinaigrette was nice i thought it was really nicely balanced um the the whole salad got um 
oh, we use gala apples. Yep. Um, not, you know, Fuji and Gala, not my favorite. I think they're one step above Red Delicious, which is like the shittiest apple ever. You know that those apples are named after pop star Lady Gala. <laughs> their own apple named after her. Sure. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, it gets finished off with some sesame seeds. And we drank some rosé with it. A little bit of rosé. A little bit. Um, all right. Anything else on that? Mm, nope. Let's talk lamb burgers with cilantro chutney. This might be my new favorite way to enjoy a burger. Without the bun? Yes. Well, Open, open-faced. So we've, we've talked before about the trend towards these giant pretzel rolls and brioche buns like i love a good pretzel roll i love a good brioche bun but it's gotten a little out of hand as far as like the bread to meat ratio that's why i always take off the top and just eat the bottom bun yep victoria eats her burgers topless (laughs) um anything i can do topless you know i'm going to do it uh, this was kind of a clever twist on you know how do you rein in that burger to bun ratio Mm -hmm. and so these were kind of like Greek flavors, um, you know, obviously using lamb. And then you just put this, like you said, open face on like a pita bread. The burger actually had a little bit of yogurt inside, which is great because it keeps it moist. Your favorite word. Moist. Yep. (laughs) Um, And it it brings to mind like a Juicy Lucy, although you're not going to like... Invented right here in Minneapolis. Yes, and you're not going to destroy your mouth with like molten hot cheese. Nope. So we appreciate that. Um, And then there was this like great chutney that got... You know what? I honestly don't... I was really thinking about this dish today and I honestly don't remember the freaking chutney. Really? I don't remember it one iota. I mean, it's pretty simple. Cilantro, almonds, jalapeno, and a little bit of lime juice and zest blitzed up in the food processor and it was, it was great. Drizzle that on there. I don't know how I don't remember. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. And the the burgers were baked in the oven, which instead of like grilling them. So grilling or searing still yeah. Cut. like yeah it, it seems weird to like make a burger in an oven yeah and then you pile on some uh cherry speaking tomatoes. of which we finally got our new oven we talked about that last episode oh did we yeah <laughs> but you're still you're still excited about it <laughs> i'm so excited yeah it only took about three tries <laughs> <laughs> look at me like i'm like oh old man. news old news lady <laughs> I'm still so excited. I know. <laughs> you you could keep talking about it. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, 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 I appreciate it. And I totally like interrupted you and stepped no, all no, over what you were saying. Totally How fine. rude. Totally fine. Okay. <laughs> I'll return the favor in a second, I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> Should we talk miso noodle soup with mushrooms, peas, and greens? Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the recipe called... For water. For water, which we didn't do. We used... Chicken broth. Yeah, we, we usually have homemade. Yeah, we broth use chicken stock. Um, and let's I think that's what one of the buzzers that went off earlier was for. Is like my my homemade chicken broth. Oh is in the, yeah, we've got some chicken stock going cooker. right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this is super easy. Some miso paste gets whisked into the broth. Um, we've got mushroom peas. It calls for Asian greens. 
we use this uh, green called Amarath, which uh, is like akin to Asian spinach. Um, I know in Cantonese, it's called Hin Choi. It's called something else in Mandarin, but I did not write that down. Um, it's got like really tender stalks, big, nice, like big leaves. Yeah, we had it. They had it at our local Asian grocer and United Noodle. Yeah, and, and we had a little description of it and sounded great. So we, we took a chance and it was great. Uh, yeah, I don't know. This was just like a really easy soup to make. And it was it signified the arrival of soup season. I don't know if you got the memo, but soup season's here. Uh, trust me, I know it's here. <laughs> I I I, uh, I kind of like this time of year because I like to call it hat season because then I don't have to do anything to my hair. Which or, closely follows pumpkin season, which is kind of winding down now. Yes. After pumpkin season, it's hat season. And soup season. Then I can, uh, then I can just wear a hat and not have to worry about doing my hair ever. Should we talk sheet pan chicken? I don't know. Let's talk about my hair and no, hat. No, I don't <laughs> think so. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> it's a different angle we're going. Uh, this one had rosemary and grapes. Um, we invented a variation of this by drinking lots of wine. So it was like grapes two ways. Uh, this is probably one of the easier dishes that we made yeah it wasn't my favorite though yeah yeah i know you were put off by the grape to chicken ratio (laughs) well and also i just don't really care for red grapes yeah i'm I'm weird because i prefer red grapes i'm a green grape chick all the way this is gonna cause some marital strife oh i know green or red grapes we don't have room in our fridge for both no we don't we have green in there right now yes See? we do i made some compromises mm-hmm. all, all all just for you oh yeah. are you sweet <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> uh so what else does this have some roasted red onion wedge um it just gets like nicely caramelized so tempers some of that red onion bite mm-hmm. um, uh, some rosemary i mean basically that's it and then uh you finish it with like a little bit of lemon juice, yeah, to get a get a little bit of zing in there. It should be noted that this is from the chapter in the book entitled "Winner, Winner, Chicken and Turkey Dinner," <laughs> which I love. All right, anything else on the sheet pan chicken? Uh, no. It would have been. I wonder how it would have been if like we used green grapes. Want to try roasting up some green grapes? We'll do it. Yeah, let's. All right. We'll we'll. Do a little batch. All right. Just like to test and see. Let's discuss rankings. And before we do, let's go to the most critical Amazon review. And there's only one. There's always one. And this is from Paula J. There's she, always someone that's got to shit on yep, something. She gave it one out of five stars. And she said, not appealing food. This book is nowhere as good as his first book. Don't know who helped him, but crappy job. <laughs> Which is funny because it's Mindy Fox, who's awesome. And she helped co-author the first book as well so uh good job Mm -hmm. on the first one mindy crap job on the second one (laughs) according to apology food is unappealing and no ordinary person would cook this stuff i guess we're extraordinary i I heard another beeper go off in our condo (laughs) (laughs) jesus my my palate of ramen is here that's the forklift okay, pulling up to the door. Okay. Um, I'm just going to keep creating scenarios for all these sounds that are going off in our. I, I don't think Mark Marin has like beepers going off on during his podcast. No, he runs a professional operation. It's okay. We're not professional <laughs> up in here. Um, 
I was so excited to see what he had in store this time and was so, so, so very disappointed. So there you have it. Uh, uh. <laughs> I, I didn't find, personally, I didn't find this book to be that dissimilar from the first one. It just no. kind of picks up where no. it left off. Maybe a little bit of a, a, a pivot in the focus of it, but I mean, a lot of the same kind of great dishes. Absolutely. So, yeah. Okay, you start, you start on food ranking and photography because I'm interested to see what you say about this. Okay. okay. So I gave it a five. Really? Yeah. Uh, photographer is Paul Brisman. Um, obviously, the shots were very styled and shot in a studio. Um, I put macro, question mark. You'd probably know mm-hmm. better than I. So uh, many had utensils kind of tucked into the dish but not yet eaten. Uh, primarily overhead shots, um, several uh, photos, especially at the beginnings of the chapter where it would be just like some ingredients and some kitchen tools like laid out on, on a counter and they shot those like kind of stylized. Um, lots of shots of Anthony in the kitchen, perhaps a nod to his first book, um, but also with friends. Um, there, there's some uh, Queer Eye uh, fellow queer eye, um, Tan and Jonathan. Yes, that that make an appearance. Don't forget um, uh, Miss Gigi Hadid. Is that who that was? Mm-hmm. There, there was a woman in there that mm-hmm. I didn't know who it was. So, um, very gorgeous, inviting photographs. I didn't mind them at all. Okay. I, I have a feeling you're gonna you're you're gonna have a different ranking. Okay. Here's the thing. Okay. I agree with everything. Like the food shots are beautiful. Those kitchen shots were awful they, they were had, under like fluorescent lights they or something. had like this yellow tint yeah and it made me think of like this is so terrible it made me think of like going to view someone at uh at a wake okay um and i think also i think it's also because the way antony was styled um, the way his makeup looked, his hair was super shellacked, and I am not picking on his looks at all. He yeah. is an aggressively handsome dude. Yeah, like agreed. Yes. Um, but uh, there's even like a photo of like uh, the chicken cooking, and it's yellow. It looks positively seventies. Yeah, and it just like for me looking at those photos, just kind of. Took yeah, so me I wonder, out of the beauty of the book. It, I wonder like, if it was a result of the lighting in the kitchen mm-hmm. and they just didn't bother to try and like light it artificially themselves or something. I don't know because there are photos like where they're in his living room or whatever and there's plenty of beautiful light streaming through. Sure. And it's, you know, and clearly they're done on the same day. Yeah. But, and it just like, Yeah. Interesting. So I gave it a three point five. That kind of slipped by me. Yeah, like I just I, I just kind of noticed the amount of personal photographs throughout the book, which you know, whatever it's 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 his narrative, so it, it doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um, if you if you if you can't sell yourself, who who else is going to sell right? you? So you know, I, yeah. I get that it's part of his brand. So, all right. Uh, what about design and layout? I gave it a five. Um, it was really straightforward. Um, 
The okay, I like that it had like a big. <laughs> to me, it had a bigger font. Yes. I didn't have any trouble because we're old and our eyesight is shitty. Do you um, know that Sir Mixlot likes big fonts? And he cannot lie. Yeah. <laughs> um, and one thing that it, this was in his other book too. The recipe titles are they're like handwritten, but they're a mixture of like cursive and all caps. Yes. Um. The ingredients are in bold type, which I really appreciate because you're not going to overlook something. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the... Uh, okay, so the beginning of the book has like 10 fast favorites, which has a photo, the title, and the page, mm-hmm. which I really appreciate. And then there's also a stock up the AP way, which is divided into a pantry, freezer, countertop and fridge section and then there are like 10 recipe categories and the the categories are like really cutely named like salad but make it dinner yeah um veggie nights break an egg sandwich and their cousins blah blah swim team which is all the seafood (laughs) carb comas yes so yeah i like the way you know there wasn't like a lot of personal writing or anything. Like yeah. I, I love the way it was laid out and designed. Yeah. Uh, me? Yes. You're looking at me. I'm looking <laughs> at you. I'm waiting I, for you to speak. I gave it a five as well. <laughs> okay. Um, I couldn't figure out if those were two different fonts that you were describing or one, because like you said, there's in the recipe titles, there's this like bold kind of handwriting looking with a Sharpie title and there's both lowercase letters that are in cursive and then like these big bolder Mm -hmm. uh, handwritten letters. Um, So I didn't know if it was a combination of fonts or if it was just that the uppercase ones were in that style and then the lowercase ones were in cursive but no matter like it's it's this nice flourish that he's used for both cookbooks Mm -hmm. um there's not a lot of extra material within the pages um there's just that two-page section at the beginning that features his 10 fast favorites so for people that want to just like jump ahead to his favorite quick and easy recipes in the book um you can do that there's the obligatory pantry ingredient list which you mentioned um, all the recipes I believe fit on a single page, so it kind of plays in with that you know quick and simple thing. The page is like packed, yeah. Like, but it's not. You don't look at it and you're like, what the fuck? This is a lot of stuff on there. Yeah, and I I, I thought the book overall has a, a, a like a casual yet kind of fancy feel to it. Agree. If that makes sense. Agree. Um, both through the photographs, the font choice, the recipe head notes. Um, it's not overly fussy, but there's something that still feels a little bit elevated to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you mentioned the chapter titles. Um, strangely enough, maybe no desserts. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. Like you're talking and I'm my <laughs> No sweets in this book. <laughs> of course he's talking. My mind's wandering off. I'm like, dude, I'm used no to it. desserts in this book. What? Yep. Yeah. So there you go. Were, were there desserts? There in were no book? desserts. Okay. No sweets at all. All right. Well, apparently he knows his strength and he's just not going to swerve over into like fucking around with desserts. Yeah. All right. Uh, what'd you have for degree of difficulty? I gave it a two. Okay. Um, I would feel perfectly comfortable giving this to someone who does not cook a lot. Yeah. 
Um, and obviously, I thought all the instruction was sound. Um, for us, like we did change some things up just to create a better photo. Sure. Um, but yeah. And, and even I, I feel like things that he describes is like taking longer. Not really. Yeah. So yeah, I give it a two. Good. Uh, I gave it a two as well. Okay. Um, it's worth noting that this book has an emphasis on quick, easy, and fresh. And even the dishes that are reserved more for like weekends don't really contain a lot of extra ingredients or hands-on time, just maybe additional cooking time. Mm-hmm. Um, and since Anthony is not a professional chef, I think his recipes reflect this and are quite accessible for the home cook. Absolutely. Um, We've been sent books that are like, that would take three days to prepare like one dish. Yes. So. Yeah. And this is not that type of book, nor does it aspire to be. And uh, yeah, I, I think he succeeded in his in his goal. And um, like you said, I think you could give this to anyone that's like a competent home cook and they would have no trouble making anything in the book. Right. So there you go. Uh, what'd you have for taste? I gave it a five. Um yeah. The you know like the recipes are not hard. All the flavors were very sound, and the flavor combinations there was always like that salt, acid, fat, heat type thing going on. Um, And I mean, I thought they were as good as the previous book. Yeah, like I've I wouldn't be like this book sucked compared to the last one. Like I (laughs) like Paula, (laughs) like Paula. um, Yeah, I've. I really enjoyed it. And this is a, this is actually a book that I would gift to someone, I yeah. think. I think we might hold on to this, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as did I. I gave it a five as well okay. for all the reasons that you mentioned. So. so we pretty much agreed on everything except for the photography. Yeah. I can't get over those kitchen photos, man. Yeah. Oh, what I, the? Now that you mention it, I, I understand. I, I can see how. Like the lighting made him something. look waxy and like weird. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to... That's that's rude of me to like dwell on his looks. He's very handsome. Yep. I'm not... I'm not we like, both agree on that. <laughs> You're like, we both agree. What's he doing next Friday? Let's call him. <laughs> hey, right. Anthony, you want to come over and have dinner? Yep. All right, so that if brings you, us to the end of the show. Yep, and if you enjoyed the show... <laughs> that's your cue. <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoyed the show, please rank and review. Uh, you can follow us on our socials at we underscore cook underscore books that's our instagram and our facebook is at we cook books uh i got a good one for you uh, it's joke time okay this one's short but it's but it's it's great and i think it kind of ties in with this dinner theme of the book but also with halloween because we're recording this on halloween Woo. so it's kind of it's kind of spooky uh, uh not spooky as much as morose okay i think all right without further ado mommy what's for dinner shut up and get back in the oven right (laughs) you didn't like that no cooking up kids what's not funny about that (laughs) (laughs) sure Uh, i liked it all right everyone hope you have a good week stay safe wear a mask stay hungry